Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. It's my pleasure to be back here with you today with another episode of Hawkeye, our after show for Hawkeye, episode 5, Ronin. Now, this was a very story-filled story episode to lead us into a climactic and what I'm assuming uh, to be action-packed ending, like most of the Marvel shows. Um, I loved this episode because it gave us a lot of backstory um, between Natasha, Elena, and Clint. Um, it filled in a lot of the gaps for me um, with Clint as Ronan, and it gave us just so much context uh, for those characters. And I just am so grateful for this episode. Grateful for Phase 4, should I say. Phase 4 is shaping out to be fan fantastic so far the multiverse saga <clears throat> or the multiverse series or whatever we are getting into here is quite beyond words it's quite special and we are really breaking into something insane here whatever's about to happen at the end of hawkeye is going to culminate in something huge with wilson fisk yes i said it wilson fisk the Wilson Fisk. And at the very end, Vincent D'Onofrio. We get him. Uh, Kingpin. Kingpin, baby. He's back. And I don't know in what form this is. I don't know if Kingpin is back via the same exact character we get from Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Now, this could canon make canon Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Which means we might want to go back and cover those, touch back on those, or even just go back and watch all of those uh, on, on the show. If, if I wouldn't um, cover them yet, if I, I haven't covered them yet, but um, I, I will decide soon if we will go back and watch those, depending on how this season t plays out. We will see what happened with Wilson Fisk during the snap, I'm assuming. I'm going to guess we're going to get a lot of story. This, this finale is, I'm hoping it's going to be a long one. And um, as a reviewer and as somebody who talks about these episodes, I mean, I say that with a light heart, a heavy heart, um, or any kind of heart. <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it'll take me a long time to do a longer episode, but that doesn't matter because I want a great episode. I love longer episodes. And uh, this this finale needs to um, be a banger um, because we, have, we do have a lot of lead up still. There's still a lot of lead up to a big finale. We have um, a few unanswered questions still, but um, before we get to the end, like like always, um, let's go back to the beginning of this of this episode. We do uh, leave it on quite an intense moment. There was a big battle um, that took place that I didn't get into exact fight for fight, inch by inch detail on, like I do in every single battle scene um, I've covered on the show. Um, there wasn't any particular reason for this. I, I, I thought the... Uh, I didn't think the battle had as much drama. I didn't think it carried as much weight um, because the characters... Personally, I didn't think the characters really knew each other. <laughs> None of the characters knew each other, except um, I sh maybe should have realized the um, attack on Clint by Yelena was a little more important and personal. And um, going back and seeing some of those scenes of her attacking him, they were more fierce and uh, more... A very, it's a very personal attack. She was just manipulated by Val to get uh, to say, "I want to see who's uh, responsible for the death of your sister." Okay, well, at the at the, at the end of uh, post credit scene of Black Widow, we get immediate credits, uh, immediate payoffs to post credit scenes in the same year. Now, this is great. This is great. So we um, let's get to the beginning of the episode now, for sure. So. Uh, Episode starts off in 2018. It's immediately, not immediately, but like we take place pretty pretty soon after uh, Black Widow. So from 2018, we know um, as the year in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the year of the snap, the year of the snap, the snapping. Um, I believe they have a different name for it in the MCU, and right now it's slipping my name. Um, we hear the whistle. Between the sisters and the soundtrack from Black Widow, we hear moments from that movie uh, playing over uh, a little bit of, uh, of, of our of our soundtrack, and we find 
Elena, traveling up a mountain toward an estate. Um, we also hear telling uh, Nat telling Elena um, that she needs to tell the Black Widows that it's not over. So that's kind of the mission we find Elena on right now in this moment of the show. We're picking up Elena's journey from where she left off in Black Widow, which I like. We're just filling in her story. We're filling in her gap. And another thing I like about this, it's kind of like a Marvel short film. It's outside of the story of Hawkeye. It doesn't feel like Hawkeye. It comes in before Hawkeye, even the titles of Hawkeye. It comes in before the previously on, I'll say, dare I say. Not dare I say, I will say. So it plays off like um, almost like um, a short film, just to fill us in on where she's been. Um, and I like that because why? I'd say it's because it's very much in the tone of her character in the, in the movie Black Widow, opposed to a different presence she would bring in this show, even as um, the character she does bring into this show, which is great. She does bring more of a lighthearted presence. She does, thankfully, play on the side of Clint and Kate. However, this rendition of the character we get uh, at the beginning is like the a continuation of the exact perspective of the character we got in Black Widow the movie. And um, I thought that was a very good choice. It was good to get her um, perspective from the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, she's traveling towards an estate, uh, and w w which we can assume to be the housing of one of the other Black Widow op operatives that um, she's trying to take care of and shut down and uh, give the antidote to. Um, she says, hi there, Anna. She holds a teacup up and throws it at the other woman uh, that uh, Elena is with. Anna bumps Elena's arms and knocks the gun away from Elena's partner. They fight her down the hallway with cartwheels until they pin her down. Elena says, I'm trying to help you. This woman was not brainwashed like the others. Um, she points out to her partner. She also asks how she can afford all of this. Um, like, well, what is this giant life if, if you aren't brainwashed and a black widow? Um, and sh she says, uh, what, you think I'm just some, you know, playboy's girlfriend or something like that? Um, a little later, Anna asks Elena how many widows she's helped. And Elena says, many. It's hard work, hard finding them, and hard watching them. But it's so worth it. And when they clear out all the mess, they'll make good lives for themselves. So Yelena has been doing this. Remember, Black Widow, 2016. This year, 2018. So it's been two years. Two years since. Um, and I almost forget this. I, I actually almost forgot this. Because 2016 is right after, uh, right after Civil War. And then, yeah. So 2018 is right into Infinity War. And then, yeah. And so on and so forth. So on and so forth. So here we are. Here we are. And Anna asks Elena how her sister is doing. Um, after Elena says, when they clear out the mess, they'll make a good life for themselves. And um, then Elena says, uh, you and Natasha will be reunited and live your sex life. Uh, no, sorry. Sex in the city fantasy life in New York. I love that because it kind of reveals like um, Yelena's kind of secret desire to want to have a life with Nat and get to know Nat a little bit better and maybe post seeing her as an Avenger, you know, all over the news, everywhere, forever in New York, plastered a New York hero, an American hero, um, Nat, Blake, uh, Black Widow, Natasha, Roma, Natasha Romanoff. She wants to uh, get a little bit of that get a little taste of her sister's life and, and live with her, live that up with her a little bit. So much from one line. And we get a little bit of that um, sensitivity in like the, her eyes when, we, when um, she hears that line from her friend. She's a little sensitive to that. Um, and then she, because she's, she does excuse herself to the bathroom and we follow her. And I just love this. I just love this. When Mar the Marvel or showrunners or collaborative group over at Marvel Cinematic Universe Studios. Amazing people. Bring me in on a production. Let me be somebody. Let me be a Wilson Fist's son who doesn't ever die. I don't want, just don't make me somebody who doesn't die in the first thing I'm in. I want a long career, live, living, breathing life in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Put me in one of those Doctor Strange everlasting bubbles. 
that he, that he made himself. You know, he'll be in there for a while. He'll be in there for a while. Okay. So, Elena is taking a moment in the bathroom. She's looking at a mirror, kind of splat. She's like about to splash some water on her face, water on her face, but <clears throat> she's taking a good long look in the mirror. And then she takes some water, puts it on her hands, splashes it on her face, and just across the um, somewhere across the world at this exact very time, um, some of our Earth's mightiest heroes. And across the galaxy, some other of our Earth, Earth's Mighty Zeros had just finished fighting a giant purple space warrior. And he had kind of eaten the crap out of them. And he had acquired some of the strongest and most powerful stones in the galaxy. And he just snapped his fingers. And Yelena had it been snapped out of existence at that exact very moment. And she was snapped back into existence at that very next moment when Tony Stark, um, the hero of the galaxy brought her back into existence um, and the rest of the universe um, all that very same moment little did she know <laughs> um, what a powerful moment how can a moment be so unspeakable yet so amazing how can a moment be for some people who don't know the the, the series so quiet and so oh that was magical yet she missed five years of her life and that could still mean, that still does mean so much to a character. Yet, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the weight of what that means. Oh my God, that's Thanos killing. That's Thanos doing that to her. Oh my gosh. That's Iron Man bringing her back. No, that's, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know what? I feel like I'm happy to have triggered anyone and then to correct myself on mic to say it was the Hulk that brought her back. It was the Hulk that brought her back, guys. I, I realize it was Bruce Banner. Okay, raging. Anybody raging? Anybody hulking out? Did I correct myself on time? Anyone got any emails written out? Mr. Honest Podcast at gmail.com. Cancel them. Cancel them. But you can tweet us at Mr. Honest Podcast, um, at Mr. Honest Pod, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're up on all of them. We got our medias rolling. Meaning, I tweet like once in a while, but um, <laughs> we we really are going, man. We really are going. We're flowing. We're going and flowing, and we're um we're we're in the multiverse. And there are some universes and timelines in which I'm tweeting a lot. There are some timelines in which I'm about to be tweeting more. And um, this is the variant in which I haven't been tweeting as much. But variant, Mister Honest, five six two one far of universe three two nine four six is about to start doing it, and we're gonna actually space jump. We're making up, you know, we're going to make up rules now. We're just going to make up rules. Let's get out of this <laughs> um, teaser. So she re-snaps she re -snaps into the exact same spot, and everything changes around her, though the walls, um, the everything, everything. Um, it, it takes a second for everything to uh, come back into, into effect, too. She walks out of the bathroom to see her father. No, no, it's not her father. God damn it. I wish it was her father. Wouldn't that be great, Alexi? Wouldn't that be great to see her father? Um, that, she'd be like, what do you been, Yelena? Uh, I wonder how he's doing. You know what? Her being around leaves so much potential for story, right? She walks out of the bathroom to see a father and his young daughter who are naturally surprised to see her in their home um, five years after she was there. Thankfully, it's Anna's family. She explains uh, the five years later situation and a little bit more about that. Um, you know, as, as, as she's explaining this, Anna, I'm assuming, doesn't, doesn't know much about what's going on, about them coming back, her coming back. I mean, the whole world just got snapped back in reality, so I don't think she knew much. And I, I, At first, I thought there was like almost like, I swear to God, she said, oh, yeah, June uh, down the street got snapped back, blah, 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 and she, uh, she'll, she'll get the memo. She got the memo. I swear to God, I thought there was a plot hole. I'm like, oh, don't do this. But no, there wasn't. She was saying that her friend who, um, after Yelena got snapped, her friend um, picked up the memo on contract work. Um, and that's what she was saying. Sonia did contract work, and she can too. Um, and Anna got uh, married, adopted three years ago. She continues over explain, and Yelena says she walks uh, in the room, and five years of her life are just gone. What? You know? And you got to think about that. And they really are nailing that perspective. And that is something that, you know, I'm really happy I posted that after after show for um, Endgame a few years back. Why? Because 
Well, we still haven't reached that five-year point since the release. And I still really want it. <laughs> you know what? Maybe 2018, 2019, 2020, 21. Let's, let's remember till Infinity War won five years after Infinity War happens. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. Summer of 2023. We got two more years until all of this happens. Um, this is harsh. <laughs> Dude, the Avengers lost. The Avengers lost. And they wanted us to feel that. They want us to still feel that. And, and I, I actually did. I remember the feeling of after the loss of that Infinity War, I'm like, this is gonna ring out forever. And I remember that feeling. I was like, this is never, we're never gonna stop feeling this ramification. Like, I, I remember it feeling like a core lightning bolt through everything. Like, it's gonna splash out through all the rest of the movies forever. Like, Thanos just wrecked all of it. All of it. It's almost like everything going into Infinity War, like a, a, a suction. And then coming out of Infinity War through Endgame and then back out to the multiverse. I mean, this, that movie is fucking nuts. Nuts. We are still unraveling um, all the impacts of Infinity War and Endgame. The two movies, the, um, the two way stations of the MCU, I'll call them, are way stations to the multiverse. Infinity War and Endgame. Thanos bringing us into the multiverse, um, bringing us into an, a whole new era of Marvel. And let's just say this, this perspective of Yelena is just nailing in how many stories we get out of this one event. And how when one big thing happens, like Eternals, one big thing happens like Eternals, right? You can't, you can't snap your judgment on a big event um, because we're just telling one part of a bigger story, right? We're telling one part of a bigger story that's yet to be told. So Endgame, even though Endgame and Infinity War, they're huge stories, and they still had tons of backstory laid upon them. That if you had watched all those backstories, those were fantastic movies. However, if you continue to watch these shows and these movies... You're, the stories you are getting. Martin Scorsese, sir. I, uh, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. Your, um, your, your, your take on stories not being told in, in these, this media, you are sadly mistaken, and you're missing out on some of the best storytelling uh, being uh, put out there right now. And um, cut away to a really bad scene <laughs> from the show. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm cut away. But, you know, anyway, like, it's just amazing. Uh, Long-term storytelling. And you know, when it hit me, really, was in this episode. When Clint was in, um, and we're going to jump all over the place. I did take notes, but like, we're at a point now where I love Marvel so much, where I, I love taking the notes now. Um, I think it's best. It's the best thing. It's going to take me a longer time to take the notes. The episodes might come out a little later, but that's kind of how I want my show to be. I want my show, I want to be a little more elaborate on what I'm trying to say. Um, I do have ADHD. Um, I know people get overdiagnosed with that. Um, I have a, I'm diagnosed with a couple things. I'm not here to talk about that. Um, all I'm saying is I'm acknowledging that I have that, so I want my thoughts to come out a little more clear. I have heard episodes where my thoughts were completely jumbled just because I wanted to get the episode out, and I couldn't get what I wanted to say out. Um, Black Widow being a, uh, the episode being a big part of that. And tonight, Spider-Man, um, when I go see it. Another episode, like the movies, when I go and see them, they um, throw me off because I can't take my notes and I'm in the theater. It's similar. Like I do episodes very good because I could type, 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 type. I've talked about this before. But the thing about this one is, sorry, I was saying it hit me when Clint was at the memorial for the Avengers, the Avengers memorial. Um, the year said 2012. We are going in the year 2022. Uh, I, I had taken a trip to New York in 2011. Right. Uh, it, it would have been a year before the Battle of New York. And that kind of made me like really queasy in the stomach. And not in a bad way, just a real nostalgic way. Because I remember being in Times Square. I remember seeing the city or uh, walking the streets, um, thinking about 
well, now I'm thinking about all the things that have happened since then in the MCU and just in um, my life, and uh, just things things can happen so things happen so fast, and it's just so amazing how far things have come in um, superhero movies, just in Marvel in general. And um, moving on, the last thing we get in this scene is Yelena. She is saying that she just needs to find Natasha. She needs to find Natasha. And um, it's kind of heartbreaking because we all know what's happening to Natasha. Um, at this exact point, almost very recently, Natasha just sacrificed herself to save the universe um, and bring back all half of life to bring her back, her very, her very own sister. So um, this is some pretty tragic stuff playing out before our very own eyes. Um, some very uh, direct follow-up to a movie that just came out this year in a show that's coming out this year. And you know what? I got to say, the Christmas season relevancy, that's not being brought up enough here on the, on the podcast. I just got to say, the Christmas, <laughs> the fact that this is a Christmas show is amazing, is amazing, is amazing, is amazing, 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 amazing. The Christmas show aspect of this thing isn't being brought up enough. <laughs> so yeah, that was our pre-cold open. And um, I really like that, that we got that, because we needed that for Elena. And I think backstory is very important. And the MCU never ceases to amaze me on that. And I'm really, really excited to see what they decide to do on No Way Home with backstory. Because dang, there's going to be a lot of filling in to do with that. What are they going to do with that? Variants. Um, Spider-Man. <laughs> There's so much to go with. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson's Sandman. Um, there's a lot happening here. There's a lot happening. Um, <laughs> I, um, this is why we are Marvel Maniacs now. When the paths collide and the multiverse all comes into one giant pot and we got a movie coming out and Hawkeye all splattering on one, one page of a week, this is what's happening. This is why my, pa <laughs> this is why my uh, cover of my... Um, of my podcast has both things. Um, well, you'd think that they'd have a couple things coming out at once, right? It's one of the biggest cinematic ventures of all time. Hawkeye and Spidey can share some screen time during the week. <laughs> Maybe Hawkeye will pop up in there. Who knows? Who knows? Some of you who are listening to this have definitely seen the movie and are just shaking your head. You just get through this episode, dude. <laughs> okay, so finally, um, th into this actual episode of Hawkeye. Um, after the Yelena portion, we got the previously on, and then, um, a blast from Kate's arrow breaks up a fight on the rooftop. I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit of, um, from last episode later, Clint on last, on Masculina, uh, someone is hired uh, black widow. I chose to be here. I understand the risk of all that. And he says, go home, Kate. It's over. That, that line is pretty harsh. Um, harshly delivered to Kate from Clint. Um, because, you can't forget that line. It does seem it can't be written off at the end of the episode. I mean, go home, Kate. It's over. It, it, to Kate, it, it's such a it's so cold coming from her hero. It's somebody who she idolized, someone who she um, saw literally save her as a kid, and pretty much like the day her dad died, um, like she pretty much picked up like a bow and like wanted to become the next Hawkeye. So. He pretty much told her, like, you can't do this. Like, and, and that's why, like, she was so hurt when she came home. And why, uh, when she comes home to the penthouse, uh, she, uh, she doesn't look great. And mom, her mom addressed this. She doesn't look great because she's beat up, by the way. Like, this, this is what her mom is addressing. Uh, and she asks if this has to do with Clint. And Kate says, no, she was protected by Clint and that he told her to come home and to stay with her, stay away from her. They share a very immense stares with each other. And she says, you're the only thing that matters to me. And are you sure you're okay? And she holds Kate close. Later, Kate cries into her mother's shoulder. Kate has never seemed younger, in my opinion, on camera. Um, Does Clint think you're a superhero? Eleanor asks her. And uh, Kate says, no, but I don't either. So she, her confidence is the lowest I've ever seen in the show. And... I gotta say that as, as an actress, uh, the actress who plays Kate, really good. Like the vulnerability, um, no, I've never seen that from her yet. 
Like, I actually completely was thrown off in the scene. Like, the, the, some of the scenes early on in the show were a little, like, cheesy, marvely, like, oh, okay, this is, like, kind of niche. Not niche. That's not the right word. This These scenes between these characters were heartfelt, and I believe them. And uh, Kate, is, Kate is afraid to be uh, Hawkeye now because... She was. She saw some real shit today, and um, yeah. So uh, I know it's scary now, but it doesn't have to change who you are. It just means that you might want to be something a little bit different than what you dreamed as a child. She looks up at the bow on the wall and says, "I bet you regret buying me that first bow, don't you?" And Eleanor cuts her off and says, "Yes, but as a joke. But goddamn, this lady's cold, you know. It's cold, bitch, Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor. Eleanor is a." Uh, Eleanor's the bad guy. Eleanor's the villain. She's uh like the villain. She's the she's secret villain, one hundred percent. She's been the underlying villain the whole time. She's been throwing in jabs at Hawkeye about Nat. Like um, she hired totally hired totally hired totally. Well, I mean, it was revealed at the end that <laughs> she hired she hired Elena to kill um Clint. But, okay, she's playing her own daughter. She's trying to get her daughter out of the picture and get her away from Clint so Clint can be killed. Um, however, she's not trying to get her own daughter hurt, obviously. That's why she's getting, trying to get her daughter out of the way. Um, she tries to tell her mom about Sloan Unlimited and that Jack and the tracksuit mafia is tied to them and begs her to look into it. She wearily agrees. All right. You know, at one point, it's just obvious. <laughs> okay, I'll get your things... Uh, Okay, get your things and come back home. So she sends her out. You know, this is kind of a smart move by um, by uh, Eleanor, if you think about it. She wants to kind of get Hawkeye into place, probably, so she can kind of use her daughter to do that. She's probably watching her daughter at this point. Um, maybe we'll get a little more of a bird's-eye view of like what Eleanor was doing the whole time, like from the point of like when um, she asked for Elena um, to come in and... Um, I'm, I'm going to guess we're going to get some flashbacks. We get flashbacks in this show. And most of the Marvel shows, we're getting good flashbacks. The way they do them are really well. The, the, whole, the whole series is flashbacks because in most of the series also, we've gotten flashbacks to the movies for each of the characters. Not that heavy, though. They don't rely too much. They don't rely too much on the movies. Like they do, I really respect what they do because they don't want to put too much of the movie into the show. They want it to, like be its own thing, but also, like, pay homage to the show. Like, a thing I really like what they did, again, with the memorial is, like, they put Clint, like, almost in the exact spot where the Avengers assembled. That's exact... I mean, that is exactly why the memorial is there. You go to the street, that's where the Avengers actually assembled. You circle around Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, um, Thor, and if I'm missing one, for the love of God, just slap me in the face and call me um and call me ant-man i don't know paul rudd um but anyway i think i just think that's just really great tribute but it's not too much it's not in your face it's just the right kind of tribute the right kind the right kind of tribute and the fact that he was there in that movie that actor that character um and that this story is being this story is being told right Man, that just sets up so many arches. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm not even saying that ironically because we're talking archers, arches, arches. Um, man, this thing's, this, this, man, this thing's being done right. Meanwhile, Kazi is cleaning Maya's wounds. He tells her that she doesn't have to pretend that it doesn't hurt with him. She tells him that there was someone else tonight, a woman, well-trained, obviously Elena. He asks if they were with them, and she says something is going on. And it's all bigger than she thought. Kazi asks her to stop, you know, going after Ronan. And she gives him a look, like, no way. And he says, I'll help you capture Ronan, but as soon as we kill him, enough. Kate is walking through um, the apartment when she notices an open window. Her apartment. You know, it's kind of busted up and... You know, it's it's been through some stuff. We've we've, we've been here before um, when it's been attacked. She's throwing a bottle of hot, uh, <laughs> she throws a bottle of hot sauce at Elena, which she catches. 
She says she, she, the way she says hi, like so in character. Uh, I made a mac. I, I made a macaroni. If you want some, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Kate's reaction is priceless. It's so good. Um, these two characters interacting here. Another reason why I like this. Uh, I like the show, and I like that the show takes its time setting up character dynamics. I actually think MCU Phase 4 can maybe possibly be even better if not if not better <laughs> I don't know um, could be as good if not better than phase the earlier phases because we're setting up better groundwork for the characters um, you know um, in their relationships with each other so so um, Kate asks what she wants to do and uh, Yelena says relax she just wants to talk and she took so long that she really just wanted to eat. <laughs> so she made some box mac, mac and cheese. And um, Kate says it looks delicious. Elena keeps using Kate's name over and over again. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. She gives her uh, she gives her shit for only having one fork. You know, that is, so there are some people who live like that. Like they live, what, they eat with one fork. They live with one fork and they like, die with one fork. It's weird. Hey, you're all right though. If that's you, hey man, and or and or lady, and or they or them, you are loved for your fork. Elena insists Kate eats with her, but Kate's just not into this because she's just looking at uh, you know, what she knows to be an assassin, which is true, and sitting in front of her. Kate tells Yelena she will not just have dinner with her after she just tried to kill her and break into her house. Yelena defends that she didn't try to kill her. She put on a wire in the last episode, and she didn't break anything. So stop being defensive and hostile. And uh, she's like, stop being so defensive and hostile. Like, she's so, Elena is uh, so good. Uh, she's one of my favorite, she's probably one of my, the best new characters. I mean, when you say one of, there's not many. So it's like, how many could you have? I like all the new characters. Uh, she tells Kate that she doesn't have any weapons on her and slowly reveals that she has some weapons. <laughs> she could she could have killed Kate if she wanted to already, and Kate kind of concurs. So we cut to Clint walking through the streets of New York with both bows while singing uh, well, the song, Christmas time is here, uh, playing through the, through the you know, soundtrack, happiness, uh, Charlie Brown. And he gets to Grills' apartment, classic Grills. Um, Old-time favorite of the show now. You know, we're we're in some later episodes of the series. <laughs> you know, classic episode one, Grills. Episode two, maybe, I think. He is worn out. Clint is worn out from the previous fight. Fights, if anything. Uh, he is in Kate's apartment. Um, back in, uh, uh, So, back in Kate's apartment, Yelena eats macaroni. And Kate slowly has some. Like, Yelena is eating it, and, and Yelena has... Uh, Yelena's like, can I have some of the hot sauce now? She's like, starts pouring it in. Uh, <laughs> Kate asks Yelena what she wants and Yelena excitedly shares it's her first time in New York it's a business trip so time is limited but she wants to see the Empire State the new and improved Statue of Liberty and the Rockefeller Center in the Spider-Man trailer Spider-Man No Way Home trailer the Statue of Liberty is being updated with the Captain America statue is that what she's talking about and when, and when does this movie take place is my question. Um, is that what she's talking about? Cool, 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 Kate laughs and says, you got to see the tree. Like Kate's laughing kind of like, because she's like, there's so much going on right now. You're all talking about Christmas and the city. What about the assassination stuff you're here for? Exactly. I love American Christmas. There's the tree, the presents, the superpower reindeer, Rudolph. He's so weird. I love that line. <laughs> have you ever th have you ever eaten reindeer? Even better, <laughs> have you ever eaten reindeer? And like that just kind of like makes everything awkward. And, uh, it's not a pleasure. It's really tough. Uh, it's really tough and uh, needs to be uh, braised for a long time. It's chewy. She she says uh, Kate grew up here, so she has, if she has any recommendations for other places to eat, where it gets a little more serious. Kate says she um, doesn't have any places in mind. Uh, at least not for a bloodthirsty vigilante. And then Elena gets a kick out of this, and like she kind of like crazy laughs a little bit. She's like, ha, 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 ha. I freaking love Elena. So good. This is such a good scene. This is a long. This scene at least goes over five minutes long, at the very least. Maybe, maybe, 
I mean, when it cuts back to Clint, I guess you you can cut you can cut that it down. It feels like a long scene though. It's it's a really well done scene, and it just goes to show how, how well the uh, show's cut. Yolanda says, "Sometimes you're funny, Kate Bishop," and um, she says, "You know, do you keep saying my whole name just to point out that you know it?" And she says, "Yes, I know a lot about you. Mother Eleanor lives on Park and Forty First. Father Derek, deceased. Very sad." Dang. So, yeah, she's done her research, of course. You recently walked into traffic to save dog, which I admit is pretty cool, and I got a few points from me. I'll admit that. I like that. Apparently, 3.8 GPA. Okay, well, I got to thank you. Are you in New York to talk to Clint? Kate asks her. She says, no, I'm here to kill him. Yelena calmly holds Kate's wide-eyed stare. Yelena asks Kate how she risked her life for him. How has everybody forgiven him for his past, Clint? Um, because Kate says he saved the world. And she says, no, my sister saved the world. Natasha Romanoff saved the world. You can see how, how proud she is of her sister. And um, Kate just gives her, she tilts her chin up, and she's very, very surprised, very surprised that she's um, Black Widow's Nat sister. I mean, you don't call her Black Widow because there are all many Black Widows um, in this universe. She's just Natasha Romanoff. Stop pretending like you're not surprised. It does not look cool. <laughs> Kate asks if um, Yelena is really Nat's sister, and thank God she didn't kill her up there. And Yelena laughs really hard at this and says, again, Kate Bishop, you are so funny. Natasha uh, and Clint are friends. Why are you after him? Kate, you are so fond of him. It tells me you don't really know who he is, um, says Yelena. And he came out here to protect me. She, she, she responds, no. He came out here to protect his reputation. I like this because, you know, the thing is, she's, Yelena is 100% correct. However, what, where, she, where she isn't right, or where, where there, it's not that she's not right. Um, there's just a lot of truth in the relationship between Clint and uh, Kate where he didn't come out there to protect Kate because he didn't know about Kate, really. He learned about Kate and he protected Kate. He didn't go out there to protect her. He, he didn't know. And so she says he came here to protect his reputation. Do you know how many people he killed? The trail of blood that follows him. You can wrap around the entire world, she says. And uh, Kate says, wow, that's very Russian. He's still an Avenger. She says, what does that word even mean? It holds so much power. You can call him no. You can call him a hero no matter what he does. It means that when you choose to spend your life trying to help, uh, help people, that there are going to be things that you lose along the way. When you face the kind of threats that he has there's going to be collateral damage, Kate says. My sister is gone because of him, Yelena replies. Kay disagrees. Kate disagrees. Um, I write Kay sometimes. Like, get through those. She's gone. There's no way he let that happen. Kate would not um, let that answer stand. How long have you known Clint Barton, Yelena asks her. And she says about a week. And this is just, you know, and it just kind of sits wrong with you two because you you know Clint didn't want this and you like but like now you're looking at the Ronin stuff and it's like dude oh man what was Clint doing all this time how, how Clint was actually getting down and dirty murdering everybody wasn't he he was just slaughtering the mafia how much how many people did Clint kill as Ronin undisclosed like hundreds thousands I mean it sounds like a lot of people. Um, Yelena says it will not be difficult for her to complete this assignment to which Kate asks that someone hired her to kill him. Kate says if there's someone that is telling her to kill Clint is a bad guy, then maybe you should ask what kind of person hired you. He is not perfect, and nobody's perfect, but he's good. Um, Kate really defends Clint. Kate runs to Clint's side because she knows Clint is a good guy, undeniably. She's always she's she'll always stand by Clint's side, and that's why she's the next Hawkeye. She instinctually knows Clint. However, he convinces you about who he is or how many people think or call him a hero. The truth it doesn't matter. We are defined by what we do, not by nice words. Like it or not, there's no escaping this. Elena tells Kate. Kate stares across the table at the assassin, who takes a quick look at the door. So where is he? Elena says, "I don't know." Kate really doesn't know. Yelena nods an expression of un uh, her expression unchanging, and she says, "Okay, thank you for the girls' night, truly." Oh, and Kate Bishop, 
Do not get in my way again. And she falls backward out of the apartment window. Black Widow style. We got a new Black Widow in this universe. I love it. I fucking love it. I'm a fan of it. And Grills. We are back at Grills. I don't mean to jump so fast. Um, but I do I do eat up quite a lot of time um, monologuing a little bit about Avengers and stuff. So at the beginning. so um, We will see more Yelena. This is not the last Yelena hot sauce scene we will get. Uh, at Grills, Clint feeds the one-eyed dog our um our our pizza y'all y'all loving macaroni cheese I mean, he, i'm sure he'd be eating the macaroni and cheese if he was over there now he's eating grilled cheese eating doggy dog um he's, he's there uh sleeping on the couch with with clint grill says uh missy dropped off the new versions of his um outfits for him and kate and he asks if clint wants to see him but he's falling asleep with a doggy and he tells grills tomorrow you don't want to see him at the penthouse jack is being arrested now, this is a different scene, obviously. I'm jumping kind of fast to the scenes here because they're very quick cuts. We're moving faster through the story even though they're slow scenes. This is how you do a character-based episode, in my opinion. Um, if you felt like this episode was decent, yet a little slower, um, this is why. Like, they, 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 did, like sh they do short scenes in smaller bits. They do like slow scenes in smaller bits, and the scenes are really well done. So back at the penthouse, right, Jack is being arrested. Jack is being arrested. And he says, I promise you this is all a big misunderstanding. I really like um, this actor, the way he plays Jack. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, we have some tax records that beg to differ, the cop says. Just so conveniently when Kate's arriving at this very exact moment, Jack's being arrested just so very conveniently. Kate's really actually... It's just the timing is so perfect, isn't it? Just the two cops are there just as Kate's there. And he's getting arrested just as she's getting there. Getting what I'm saying? Picking up what I'm throwing down? Um, Jack says, the only Sloan I know <laughs> was a woman I dated in Palm Beach. She was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> what? Let's get to... Dude, I hope we get to see Jack. Like, the real Jack. Like, what, what his deal is at all in the last episode with Fisk. Maybe he's his, like, right-hand man. I'm assuming he's, like, Fisk is, like muscle and um we're gonna get to see like the real side of him i have a feeling like we're gonna actually see him in like some other shows he's gonna show up in the mcu this character jack like he's not really like even jack he's he's like a swordsman character did you see those sword abilities did you see those sword abilities he's probably gonna end up fighting like black knight or something or any other swordsman character Think about how awesome that, that like, like the swords, the sword abilities on that character will be. That guy is a, a super villain. <laughs> he's a super villain, man. He's a sniving, he's a mustache twirling super villain, Jack. He's just sneaking on in right now. He's just, he's just, he's gonna be in and out. <laughs> what, a, what an evil dude. He cracks me up, man. Honestly, what a charmer. <laughs> I, he better not die. Like we gotta keep. We got to keep this man in the MCU. We need to keep these mustache twirling supervillains in here. We need William Dafoe. Like, if William Dafoe does not stay after this Spider-Man movie, I will riot. I will riot. We need. I want 10 William Dafoe variants in the MCU, no less. If there's not 10 William Dafoes running around in the MCU after this, at least 10 minimum, I'm rioting. 10 minimum. And two Jamie Foxes and three Alfred Minia, whatever the guy, uh, the... Um, Doc Ox, we need all of them. And then we need to set up for five more sequels where they fight all of them. I'm just kidding. This is going to be the longest episode ever. Um, this is why this episode is being released late. And, and this is for all of you um, fans and friends and uh, fa uh, Marvel Maniacs who are just like, whoa, why are we getting the episode late? It's because you guys get it, not the people who would listen to it, potential new fans who would come in on when I would release it earlier. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This is this is great. Um, Jack has been framed. Uh, that will clear this all up before the Christmas party. He says elsewhere, a plaque reads on this site in 2012, during the Battle of New York, the first Avengers, uh, the Avengers first assembled: Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Thor Odison, Bruce Banner, Natasha Romanoff, Clint Barton. I've referred to this moment multiple times in this episode. Clint breathes a sigh. As he looks up at the name among the other, as, 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 as his name among the other Avengers, 
he takes out his hearing aid. All the sound is all all the sound is drowned out, but you can hear some. You can hear some. So my theory that he was completely deaf is not correct. Um, because when he's in the loud streets in New York and he takes out his hearing aid, you can hear some noise. So he's not completely completely deaf. He he's partially deaf, very partially. So when he's in battle, he can t- have battle sense. Um, Natasha, is, I really need to talk to you right now. He says, "You were the bravest of all of us, weren't you? Loyal, stubborn, and you always had to win, didn't you? You and for a stupid orange rock, he's still he's still stuck on this. It's almost." Everything he has done now in his life is before Endgame and after Endgame. I mean, we've sent so many movies theorizing up to Endgame or up to Infinity War or up to whatever movie, but at the end of the day, for Clint, he lost everything when he lost Nat and then got his family back. Um, when he lost his family, I mean, it, it, for Clint, he's like, he'll lose everything and gain, he'll lose everything. He'll lose everything and then uh, gain nothing and then lose everything. And then, like, he can't have everything all at once, um, is what I'm saying. Like, um, it's so hard for him to deal with the fact that Nat gave herself for him when he truly did believe. And now we're learning so much more about what he did when he thought his family was gone. And he pretty much saw himself as a ghost on earth. Um, like a grim reaper of sorts he took himself as it seems like and um he just like wreaked havoc on earth it's almost like the punisher um it's just like <laughs> and now he has to like pay for his sins um all it's almost like the afterlife his sins come back to haunt him it's like the afterlife is the actual pre-land of the it's it's crazy actually what what's happened here like he he He's getting so haunted, like half of the land of the living are here. And like, there's few of the weaker to tell, like, it was the Ronin. He killed everyone. And they're like, what? Everyone's dead? That Like the, the whole crime underworld? They're freaked out. They're like, what happened in a matter of moments? Like the crime underworld for the snapping. Like every, we're seeing all the perspectives of the snapping and the crime underworld, you know, all, all the big crime dons and, uh, you know, you know, the big, the big crime, the crime families, and the, you know, <laughs> the big crime, the crime families, and all the crime families, and everyone, and all the crime families everywhere, in my all around the world, the Ronin took out everybody, and then when the snapping came back, all around the world, all the rest of the crime families returned, and then like, they were like, where's, where's my, where's brother, where's Uncle Vito, and like, where's Papa Nick. And they'll be like, they just got murdered by the Ronin three years ago when you got snapped. And they had to explain the whole snap to them. And then they don't know who the Ronin is. And then all of a sudden, everyone's lost half their family to the Ronin. So, like, now Clint is wanted. Um, I'm sure all, all of this was talked about on everyone's first after show. And um, we're talking about this on my fifth. But this is okay. I mean, I knew this already. But um, I think I was just, like, re- reliving that right now is kind of more important. Because this is... Um, I think this is what Clint is going through at Nat. I think this is what Clint relives every single day. Um, I think this is what Clint was trying to scream at Nat when he was yelling at her to not take her life for his. I don't think she knew what he did is what I'm saying, is what he was saying. And I yet do think she knew what he did. I do think she knew. I, I do think that she knew what he did. She wanted to save him. She wanted him to redeem. She wanted him to save himself from what he'd become as Ronan. Uh, her sacrifice was was not for naught. Clint says, I replayed that day a million times in my head, hoping for a different outcome. But I do my best every day to earn what you gave me. And I just want to say that I miss you. And I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. And he puts his hood up. And he runs, uh, and it's still like the same song, at least a song, similar song, a thematic song that they've had together. <clears throat> We've heard before. The shows have, and the show has been doing this very well. Um, I 
I had wondered at first, like, maybe why, 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 why is he sorry? Um, well, because he's putting his life on the line again. I think it was almost like a mutual thing. Like, if they got through this, if he got through this, he would pretty much be out on, he'd be done risking his life um, unless it was first family. And he also would not be the Ronin again. Why would he put the Ronin on again? And he did that. So I think that's why he apologized, in my opinion. Kate is laying on her bed. Um, she overlooks the accolades in her room, trophies, medals, diplomas. On a bulletin board, we see a photo of Hawkeye behind matched score cards. Kate sees her first bow ever hanging above her closet. She gets up and makes a call. She says, hey, it's me. You said it's not. I know you said it's not over, but it's not for me. She says, call me back. And we just get a bunch of cuts of her calling. You know how this is when you, can, you need to talk to somebody. Um, we need to talk about the other woman who's on the roof. Not, not mine, but the other one. And then the police uh, <laughs> the police arrested Jack. Uh, it was all pretty crazy. Call me back. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning the thing. And then she like flicks the coin and she breaks something. <laughs> she's, not, she's not mastered the coin flick thing yet even. So she's still got some Hawkeye mastery. This isn't over, Barton. I'm going to find you. <laughs> And then uh, she calls again, and then his mailbox is full. What if, what if his wife needs to contact him? Dang it. She throws her phone on the bed. Cut to the two uh, trust bro tra tracksuit logistic, logistics, pretty much. like They're just like talking about their tracksuits, how awesome tracksuits are. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, they, they talk about the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, <laughs> uh, interrupting their conversation, an arrow pierces through the windshield, stopping inches from Thomas's battered face. There's a note on the arrow. I think Thomas is the guy of one of the tracksuits. I, I think I wrote that. I had to have written that because of the audio description that I listened to to get some of these nice, crisp, like, descriptive notes I get some of these times. Um, Maya, meet me tonight where you first met Ronan alone. And, of course, we will not be meeting alone. Maya brings a crew. But we are not Maya. So <laughs> says Tomas. Um, at night, Clint walks through Times Square and calls his wife. We need to talk. And she says, no fun conversation has ever started that way. And he says, this uh, this problem just keeps getting bigger. The, the Maya, this Maya is relentless. She got, she's got her hands on the watch. She looked into our family. Someone has hired a black widow. I don't even want to think where this all goes. And she says, her and the kids can only go so far away. They're so far away already. And Clint says, it's not far enough, and it's never far enough. If I don't end this tonight, it's just a matter of time before the big guy gets involved. And this is where, like, I'm, okay, if I'm being real, I'm a little thrown off by this. This is where the big guy gets involved. Why is, why, why is Clint afraid of any, anyone? Like, if you're with, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. or anybody, like, I know, like, Wilson Fisk is a big, powerful character if he's still... If, if, if they're working him in in any way possible, like, like they're probably going to, like, make him a very powerful character. Um, and if anything, maybe they'll work him in as a different variant in this universe where he's even lower in the underworld working and pulling more strings. Or maybe he attained more power after the snap, when he was snapped back, and there was so much ground to be taken. So they'll keep everything from Daredevil. He's snapped back. The criminal underworld is ripe for the taking. He, he can unite everything. He's like the Don to unite the Dons is what will happen. Like Wilson Fisk will literally create an empire out of whatever's left and have everything is what I'm guessing. Uh, what I'm guessing is after the snap, Wilson Fisk makes the one and only gang of New York is what, we're, what we will see happen. We will maybe get a montage of that next week. What? What about that? What about that? I was surprised we didn't get a post credit scene this week too. But yeah, Clint says he thinks um, it's a matter of time before the big guy gets involved and his wife, his wife says, are you sure? And he says, it's just a gut feeling. And she tells him, well, time to follow your gut. And um, she's like, it's not what you wanted to hear. And he smiles and says, no. Um, you didn't call looking f for permission and you didn't need, you didn't need it from me. Trust your judgment, do what you have to do and know that I'll always understand more than anyone else ever could. 
That's what uh, that's what she says to him, and he says, "I love you," and she says, "I love you." Go win this. What a supportive freaking uh, lover! They're, what a great couple. <laughs> um, uh, Clint closes the locker. All we cut to Fat Man used cars where Maya is waiting with a few track suits and Kazi on the roof waiting behind the letters of the Fat Man <laughs> used cars. Um, he has a sniper on him, so. He's sneaky, sneaky, waiting for Ronan. He wants to just take out Ronan like that. But no, 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 no. Do you know who Ronan is, Kazi? You know who Ronan is. You know who Ronan is. Come on. He gets knocked out. Maya and uh, the tracksuits continue to scan the lot. One of them gets taken under a car. Uh, two more fall. One shoots himself in the foot. Maya catches a hint of movement, draws a gun, she moves her aim around the lot and shoots out a few windshields as she fires at a blur moving around her, her gun jams. She spots a figure moving through the shadows and stands towards it. Squinting, Maya leans forward as the figure steps to the light, revealing Clint wearing the Ronin suit. What a badass. You know, this is one of those scenes in a show where it feels like somebody's about to be revealed in that suit that wasn't Clint, right? Was it going to be Kate? Was it going to be Paul Ant-Man? You know, um, <laughs> why can't I say Paul Rudd? Why can't I say the character of Ant-Man? Um, who's the character of Ant-Man right now? I can't, I can't tell you, and I know it so well. Um, but I can't not do it. I cannot do it. Um, she chucks her gun magazine that kicks the blade of the sword to deflect it. As Clint takes a swing at Maya, catches the blade against her uh, prosthesis, prosthetic i think and now uh, forces it back before her uh, snatching the sword away clinton blocks the sword with his forearm forearm but lands two blows with his face to his face with a hilt we see a view from overhead of them fighting hand to hand he bops her in the head he doesn't bop her in the head i just made that up he bops her in the chest boom sending her back onto the concrete <laughs> so he does not bop her in the head i will reiterate <laughs> <laughs> he bops her in the chest. <laughs> that would I'd be the worst referee or of any fight ever. People would be um, raging at me. Um, <laughs> I created an alternate timeline. At that very moment, a new timeline was created. <laughs> um, I hope, <laughs> I hope Marvel Maniacs, you're with me and appreciate these uh, moments. And um, if you're not, well, you're probably long gone by now anyway. Uh, they have a struggle over the sword, which Ronan wins. Clint points the sword at her and removes his hood and mask. Maya stares up at Clint's face, scared. I want you to see my face. He signs it to her. So you can kill me? She signs back. No, but if anyone comes after me or my family, it will be the last thing you do. You have my word. You and I were the same. We're weapons. When filled with rage, it makes you blind. It could be used, could be manipulated. Trust me, I know. I was here that night, tipped off by an informant who works for your boss. She gets this choppy bit. like She gets it like, by the end, she's getting overwhelmed as Clint's telling her this. Like, uh, big breath, big breaths, right? And she's hearing things about her dad and like the betrayal, biggest betrayal of her life, the guy who she's here to kill. Um, Clint being, this is a huge, so this isn't going out. Clint wants, to, you know, Clint's trying to get good guy information out the right good guy way. Okay. Thankfully, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop is here. Kate Bishop is here to save the day when Maya, um, doesn't really like the way this information is being delivered and doesn't hit her exactly right. Um, she kicks the sword out of Clint's hand on and kicks him onto the ground. Making him vulnerable. He would have died here. This is the end of Hawkeye. Um, Kate saves him with an arrow triumphantly. This is probably the best thing she's ever done in the show. Um, and her most heroic moment to date. Kate Bishop saves the day. Um, Maya looks back and Clint is gone. Maya speeds away on a motorcycle. Kate tracked Clint's phone again. That's how she um, found him. She was like kind of asking, I bet you were wondering how I found you. Well... This is how I did it. That's that's how she did it. Clint asks if uh, Kate has an escape plan for this rescue mission, and it appears she has an Uber. <laughs> uh, Kazi and Maya meet. 
and she tells him Ronan got away. Kazi is pissed. Why is he so pissed, right? And you know what? He's wearing a long, um, a long jacket, a long brown jacket, very familiar. I, I said tracksuit last week. No, it wasn't a tracksuit. I meant last week um, I said this too. I meant to say long jacket. I was referencing this. It's very similar to a jacket that uh, Kate fought somebody wearing similarly uh, at the auction, leaving the auction. Very similar. Very interesting. She wants to know why Kazi didn't go to the meeting that night after her father was murdered. Tense moment. Maya seems to know of the betrayal. Or she's got some hints. She seems to believe what's going on here. Or get, you know, she's she's vibing to the the betrayal vibe. Echoes of betrayal. Echoes of betrayal. We will be talking about another show with Maya in the future. Uh, it will be called Echo on Disney+. Plus. Um, we will find out how that happens maybe going forth in this show. Um, spoiler alert in a sense, but that has been announced. Um, oh, I mean, that's, I would say it's not a spoiler, too much of a spoiler. I'm excited to, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, Kazi doesn't look super comfortable. <laughs> that's what I wrote. Um, Clinton Cater in the Uber. <laughs> that's probably my, the best note I have for the for the episode. Kazi does not look super comfortable. Because Kazi's probably going to die. If anyone will die, it will be Kazi. Kazi's the most expandable, killable character in this series. If anyone's going to like die a horrible death in this series, this season, it will be Kazi. <laughs> Like, Kazi needs to go. Kazi's been betraying everyone. Um, sorry, Clint and Kate are in the Uber. Um, the Hawkeyes making it out of there via public transportation. Tell him, uh, she tells him about Yelena's and Nat, uh, Yelena, like that she's Nat's sister, and he knows. He knows her by name. He looks almost relieved, and he almost seems like to know what to do about her. Like, he. He seems to know just what to like. If he can talk to her, I I, don't, I almost seem like this can speak for him by the look on his face. If he can talk to her, he knows what to say to her. Just because he knows Nat so well, he just, if he only knew at that moment when he saw her on the roof that that was Nat's sister, he could have just been like, he would have been able to whistle to her. I have a feeling that's what I just something just hits me, man. He's gonna whistle to her. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. Oh my goodness, if. Clint whistles to Yelena. I will cry. I will cry here on this podcast. I'm going to cry here right now thinking of that. If Clint whistles to Yelena like that, what if Clint knows the whistle? What if Clint knows the whistle? Do you think um, that'll hurt? Um, do you think that'll hurt Yelena's feelings? I don't think so. To have one other person know that bond, to show that Nat trusted someone like she trusted um, she trusted her, her sister. That's something. Um, I I would like that. I think that it, the fact that that confidence came over Clint, in my opinion, was a big deal. Clint was afraid of the Black Widow thing. Yelena, being a Black Widow, should still be afraid. All of that should still terrify him the fact that he knows it's his sister probably should still terrify him unless he has some piece of vital information about her that knows oh man it's her sister she doesn't know anything about him that's a fact he knows that's a fact he must know something that can sway her it's got to be that whistle it's got to be that whistle because they started the episode off with it and that's my prediction that's my mr honest honest prediction for um the resolution of Clint and Yelena. I don't think she'll kill him. She will um, be swayed by Clint via whistle, and they will resolve their story. He will be able to tell her what happened on Voromir, and at the very least, she'll be able to make a better agreement with Val or turn on Val. I don't know. At the very least, they'll be able to part ways, um, shaking hands and understand at a, at a better understanding. Please don't kill Clint Bartman, aka Hawkeye, Elena. 
because then we have conflicts as liking you as a character for killing another character we like as an audience and we like you a lot as a character i don't know i'd be very conflicted clint kate grills and the dog are all eating breakfast kate is complaining complimenting grills on his awesomeness just genuine awesomeness as a human being um larper genuine human <clears throat> i think we always do this at the end of every episode there's a compliment grills section grills is amazing um but she gets a text this is the moment she gets a text okay and um <laughs> kate bishop i found out who hired me eleanor bishop i thought you deserved to know she says who uh she says look at this to clinton and she's like who's who's that my mom's with and clinton uh, <laughs> Clint hands, Clint's hand goes to his mouth and Kate stares at him with wide eyes. Well, that's the guy I've been worried about this whole time. Kingpin. It's um, your mean one. Alright. Kingpin. Um, we're going to talk about Kingpin. We're going to talk about him next week. We have this runtime of close to an hour right now. Um, I got Spider-Man to go to today as I'm recording this. I'm super excited. I'm super Marvel maniac in, the, in my mind right now i want to stay marvel maniac um i don't think i'll stop being marvel maniac i hope you guys are freaking having the best week of your lives uh enjoying every bit of this if you're having a bad week yet you're able to see any of these things i hope these things i hope these ventures i hope hawkeye um i hope spider-man i hope these things are able to take you away from your bad week and um use use them as an escape don't feel bad for using them as an escape if, if you can't get to these things right away don't feel bad avoid the spoilers buy some earplugs put some cotton balls in your ears you deserve that don't don't let yourself be spoiled by any of anyone or anything um if anyone laughs at you for that they don't they don't deserve you don't deserve them in your life because your friends deserve you deserve friends who understand that you don't want your your, your uh, content spoiled for you okay um i may i might be making you lose a lot of social interaction in the world right now so don't listen to me as well. Do not listen to what I'm telling you. I don't know anything. Um, this has been Marvel Maniac and FCU After Show. Um, <laughs> episode 5 of Hawkeye Ronin. Um, we would love to hear from you. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. And on all socials at MarvelManiacPod. We are now streaming on Facebook. Uh, yeah, our whole podcast. Facebook.com slash MarvelManiacPod. If you are still on the Facebook app and you're an active Facebook user, you can listen to our podcast there. You can listen to our podcast pretty much anywhere. If there's a place where you listen to podcasts and we are not there, let me know. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. Uh, is that enough Marvel Maniac for you? Have I said it enough times in your ear? Do you have a friend that might like this show? Um, let them know. And if you let them know and they listen, let me know. And um, I'll make me happy. And maybe I'll give you something. Um, that's so vague, isn't it? Isn't that vague? Um, our Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash marvelmaniac. Uh, and you all have a wonderful week. And seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, I will be back with you very soon to discuss that in possible uh, one to ten parts. Uh, <laughs> maybe just one part. We will see. We got Hawkeye Episode 6, the season slash series, possibly finale. And then we have a multiverse of possibilities uh, with Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. My name is Eric Cicchetti, your host. Thank you so much. Again, we will see you soon. Thank you very much for being here. Until then, Avengers, disassemble.